Good morning. Welcome to Christ Community Church. We're coming live at you. Coming to you live from the beach. From the beach. From the beach. Did I get or all that just wrong? just a green screen of like a beach Fake house. Fake beach. We're actually just at, we're at Zach's right yeah. now. This is, we're just pretending we're at the beach. <laughs> we're in shorts and no shoes. It's weird. But, you know, we're going to sing some praise and worship songs together. Yes, we are. Let's do it. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. 
Christ Community Church. I have a, hope everyone's doing well, and I hope you had a great week. I'm going to do the call to worship today, and it will be from Psalm chapter 103, verses 8 through 18, if you want to follow along. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in mercy. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our inequities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. For he knows our frame, he remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass, as a flower of the field, so he flourishes. For the wind passes over it, and it is gone, and its place remembers it no more. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him and his righteousness to children's children, to such as keep his covenant and to those who remember his commandments to do them. Let us pray, Lord. And Lord, just ask you to be with Larry as he brings our message. Lord, I ask you to be with um, our church family, our church home. Be with those that can't be here today, Lord. And I ask you to be with those that are needing your healing hand. I ask you to be with those who are struggling with problems and that um, they know that your shoulders are not too small, that they can't handle that burden and that you can, um, they can just lay that on you. Lord, I ask you to be with us as we go through our week. I ask you to keep us healthy, keep us safe. And Lord, again, just bless Larry as he brings the message today. In your name I pray. Amen. Have you been to Jesus for his cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you fully trusting in his grace this hour? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you washed in the blood? In the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you walking daily by the Savior's side? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Do you rest each moment in His crucified? 
Are you washing the blood of the Lamb? Are you washing the blood in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washing the blood of the Lamb? So lay aside the garments that are stained with sin and be washed in the blood of the Lamb. There's a fountain flowing for the soul unclean. Oh, be washed in the blood of the Lamb. Are you washed in the blood? In the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb. Are your garments like this? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? So good morning. Good morning, good morning. Welcome to our Christ Community Church uh, Sunday morning Bible study. Yes, indeed. We're and glad you're here. Time. We're glad we're here. We're very, very glad to be here, and we're glad you are. Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, guys, thank you for the worship. As always. always. Yeah. Lovely and wonderful and beautiful, and for that, we're very grateful. Um, Shirley, you know that one of my favorite authors is C.S. Lewis. Yep. Me too. And one of my favorite books is a little book that he wrote, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. And in that book, written by one of my favorite books, written by one of my favorite authors, uh, one of my favorite um, images. Images, thank you, uh, is where he uh, portrays or represents. Christ with this lion named Aslan. And uh, and there's a certain scene that is just so meaningful to me where, um, anyway, I'll let you talk about it. it, My question is, well, go ahead and describe it, and then I'll ask you my question. Well, if you've read this, you may have read this in the Chronicles of Narnia, the very opening book. He, um, the, the, the Christ character is represent, or the God character, the Christ character is represented as a lion. And so these children are finding this out. And there's, of course, it's a, it's a, a fantasy book. It's, it's a, a children's book. And so they're speaking with a beaver and they ask that one of the children asks the beaver, he says, or she says, I didn't know he was going to be a lion. Is a lion, is he safe? Yeah, that's the that's the that's the question, right? The this child asks the beaver, "Aren't they riding along on his back, or are they not?" Here? That's at the end. Oh, okay. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, yeah. Right, and the beaver says, "Is he safe? He's a lion. Yeah, he's he's not safe. No, he's not safe. He's good, but he is good. Yeah. And at the end, when he comes back to life, the the girls are riding on his back." And they're clutching on, and they realize that this ride of their life is dangerous. Yes, yes. But they're holding on to and being held by the king. In fact, the whole the whole book or the whole series of books are, are is filled with danger. That's right, uh, from beginning to end. That's right. Uh, and yet, Aslan is 
with them. Times they can see it and times they can't. But he is with them, and because he's with them, uh, while he is not safe, uh, uh, he is good. He is his good. His goodness ultimately dictates or drives and controls their lives and the outcome of their lives, I guess. Is that? Yeah, which good? which is a perfect image. I mean, a, a perfect image of God. Yes, yes. And that's really what I wanted to talk uh, about with y'all today is this uh, when I when I think of that passage and that question, uh, is God or is Aslan who represents God, is he safe? And the answer is no, he's not. Mm-hmm. No, he's not. And I think that that's one of the things that makes God uncomfortable for us is that growing awareness that God is not safe. Um and that's what I'd like to talk about with y'all today. And that sort of segues, hopefully, uh, into this the, the focus that I, I'd like to discuss. And that is this idea of the fear of the Lord, what it means to, to fear the Lord. Um, in Psalm 86, uh, David prays this prayer. He says, Yahweh, please unite my heart with yours so that I will fear you. Yahweh, please unite my heart with yours so that I fear you. Um, I find it very interesting that David finds it important, finds it significant to ask God to give him a heart that fears him. Um, uh, Give me a heart that fears you is really what David is saying. And and, uh, just to be quite transparent, I have prayed that prayer out of Psalm 86 that David prayed. I've prayed that uh, most every day for many, many years. Um, Yahweh, would you give me a heart that fears you? Um, The Bible uh, continually emphasizes the importance and the necessity of us learning to fear him. Um, just, you can you can place as much value or significance on this as you want, but I find it interesting, Shirley, that the overwhelming majority of the time when the Bible tells us to fear God, the word that the Bible uses for God is the word Yahweh, not the word Elohim, or the word Adonai, both of which also mean Lord or God. Um, but And I'm not saying that it never equates fearing God and using one of those other names. I uh, didn't do that much research, but I can tell you that the overwhelming majority of the time when the Bible tells us to fear the Lord or fear God, the word that the Bible writers used was the word Yahweh. Uh, the significance being that Yahweh emphasizes a God of covenant, the God who has condescended to enter into a covenant relationship with us. Uh, it's a, uh, Yahweh uh, emphasizes the intimacy, the passion, the commitment, the love that God 
has for us and that drove him or led him to enter into a covenant with us. And that's the God that the Bible tells us we should fear. Yeah. Right? Is that, yeah. Do you yeah, see yeah, what yeah, I'm saying yeah, there? Yeah. Um, let me give you some verses that just emphasize the importance and the necessity, if you will, of us fearing Yahweh. Psalm 25, Yahweh's intimate counsel is for all those who fear him so that they will grasp his covenant. I love that, that, that those who fear Yahweh are those that will receive Yahweh's intimate counsel, but also will grasp the significance of the covenant that he has made with us. So, uh, Proverbs 9 says, the fear of Yahweh is the beginning of wisdom. Well, there's a lot there, isn't it? Uh, yes. That, that uh, a, a, a true fear of Yahweh is the is ground zero. It's the beginning. It's the foundation. It's the starting place for us to ever really become people of wisdom and understanding and discernment. It's where truth uh, begins. It's at this place of of truly fearing God. Psalm 34 says, Yahweh encamps around those who fear him. I love that. It's one of my favorite ideas in scripture that literally as I learn to fear Yahweh, he is encamped or encircled around me and around us. Uh, Proverbs 19, the fear of Yahweh leads to a life of rest and contentment and the avoidance of trouble. Mm. A trouble, mm. not free life, but a trouble-minimized life. The idea that I have is this idea that, yes, trouble's still going to come to people that fear the Lord, but it's going to be useful trouble. It won't be wasted trouble, meaningless meaningless trouble, trouble that was not necessary or a part of God's plans for us. I love that idea. Um, Proverbs 10 says, the fear of Yahweh adds length to our lives, but the years of the wicked will be cut short. I don't don't know what you think about that, uh, but, you know, just face value at least. It seems to suggest that people that understand what it means to truly fear the Lord, they they literally add days, add weeks or months or possibly years to their lives. Uh, that's a huge idea for it's me. It's a huge idea. And then finally, uh, and there are hundreds of verses that talk about the importance and the necessity of fearing the Lord. I'll give you one more. Proverbs 14 says, In the fear of Yahweh, there is a strong confidence, and his children have a refuge. Um. I see that as a relationship between my security, my confidence in my relationship with God, and my ability to truly fear Him. Um, The more I learn to fear Him, the more I will find a security, a confidence, a peace in my life and in my relationship with, with Yahweh. 
And then it, the last part of that, and my children, as they watch that, as they're around that, as they sense that confidence and that peace and that security in my life, that's going to become a place of refuge uh, for them. I know that you experience that being around your dad in particular. His true fear of God gave you a great source of refuge. That is absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and and security, the feeling of of security. That, that all is well. All really will be well. Because my dad fears the Lord. Yeah. Um, yeah. What, what a gift. Well, you're in the presence of someone who was really practicing that. Yes. Then yes. it gives you the desire to become a person who practices that. Yes. That idea of refuge, uh, I find it interesting that the Bible not only emphasizes the importance of us learning to fear the Lord, the Bible also tells us that we should run to the Lord as our place of refuge and safety. Uh, let me give you a couple of verses on that. Psalm 5 says, Let all who take refuge in Yahweh be glad and forever sing for joy. Psalm 46, Yahweh is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in times of trouble. Isaiah 25 says, You have been a defense and a refuge for the helpless and the needy in their times of distress. Uh, Psalm 18 says, Yahweh is my fortress and my deliverer, my rock in whom I take refuge. He is my shield and my horn of strength. And then finally, in Proverbs 18, it says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run inside and find a refuge. Mm. And the reason I shared that is that uh, I find that uh, almost a contradiction of terms or a contradiction of ideas that the Bible challenges me, commands me to fear the Lord. But at the same time, the Bible also challenges me and commands me to run to the Lord yeah. as my refuge. And that almost contradiction, normally in my mind at least, I don't run to uh, places where that I'm afraid that you're where, fearful that I where I'm fearful I don't run to people uh, that I am fearful of and yet when we really understand what the Bible says about fearing the Lord what we'll realize is that it's not a contradiction mm -hmm. to to tell someone fear the Lord but also run to the Lord and make him. Uh, your refuge. Which is why that C.S. Lewis image of the lion as God is such a good one. Yes. Because he is fearsome. Yes. And he's going to right the wrongs that have come to the children. Yes. But they can be safe with him. Yes. It's a, it's a superb image. Yes. Um, when we understand what the Bible means when it says that we are to fear the Lord, um, I think that... Uh, not so much in English, but in Hebrew and in Greek, this idea of fearing isn't so much to be terrified of, although there is some truth to that image. It's more amazement. Mm. It's more awe. It's more being dumbfounded and overwhelmed. That's really more uh, the idea that I think the writers of the Bible want us to see. And isn't that what we want when we need a refuge? Yes. When we need, we don't want 
a, a defender, a rescuer, uh, a source of help that is weak and just barely adequate, barely sufficient. We want a rescuer. We want a defender. We want a, a place of refuge that is so strong and so mighty and so abundant that it's, it is amazing. It is all producing. It is, uh, it takes us back. That's the kind of help and helper yes. that we want. Something uh, bigger than ourselves. And, and to the degree, the bigger it is, the better it is when we need a place of, of refuge, a help. <laughs> um, and when we have a healthy fear of God, uh, a healthy awareness of his greatness, his holiness, his power, his wisdom, his immutability, it's not that I will run away from him like he's some angry, abusive father, but the very opposite will occur. I will run to him as I realize he's the only source of real hope and real help that I have. Everything else is going to fail me and disappoint me except this one that is... Um, uh, fear-producing in the point that it makes me uncomfortable. It overwhelms me. It amazes me. Yes, he is that, but it's the, that very uh, greatness that makes me uncomfortable is the very thing that draws me to him because yeah. he's the one that can truly and perfectly help me. Um, one of my favorite Psalms is Psalm 103, and it it is a Psalm that just list uh, benefit after benefit and promise after promise that God offers to us. Um, let me let me just give you a few real quickly out of Psalm 103. It says, praise the Lord, O my soul. Don't forget all of Yahweh's benefits. He forgives your sins. He heals your diseases. He redeems your life from destruction. He crowns you with love and compassion. He satisfies your desires with good things. He renews your youth like the eagles. He, The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in love. He will not always accuse or harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according according to our iniquities. I mean, and again, you could go on in this psalm and see just benefit after benefit, promise after promise that God offers to people. But I think it is incredibly significant to ask the question, who does God offer these things to? And if you re continue reading in the Psalms, Psalm 103, it says this in verse 11, as the heavens are above the earth, so great is God's steadfast love for all those who fear him. Verse 13, as a father shows compassion to his children, so God shows compassion to all who fear him. And in verse 17, the Lord's steadfast love is from everlasting to everlasting on all those who fear him. I, I believe it is an incredibly reasonable question to ask, 
Who is God offering all those promises to? Who is God offering all those uh, benefits to? And if you study, you know, because we're so excited and pleased and happy that God would offer such incredible promises and offer such incredible benefits, but who is he offering them to? And three different times, God tells us, I'm offering these things, these wonderful things to people who fear me. Uh, Clearly, there is a connection between experiencing God's benefits, being the beneficiary of his promises, and being a person who truly fears the Lord. Well, finally, begs the question, what does it mean to fear the Lord? How do we do it? What does that look like? And for me, uh, not so much for you, but for me, uh, because of the way my mind works, a picture is worth a thousand words. You love words. And I do too, but I, I love pictures more than words. And if you want glimpses, and they're only glimpses, they're, they're, they're uh, insufficient, but they are glimpses into what it means to have a biblical fear. Um, I think if we can see glimpses of this, Shirley, in Ruth's relationship with Boaz, uh, Mephibosheth's relationship with David, yeah. um, the Queen of Sheba's relationship with Solomon, uh, Esther's relationship with Xerxes, Daniel's relationship with Nebuchadnezzar. These relationships are not so much relationships where there is a a, 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 a paralyzing terror of, of these others um, in these people's lives, but it's it's just an amazement. Uh, 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 it's being taken back and dumbfounded at these people's power, these people's abundance, this, these people's authority. Their position. Their position, their power. The, and, and I think that's what the Bible is wanting us to emphasize when it tells us, fear the Lord, fear, be amazed at his holiness, his power, his awesomeness, his greatness, the, uh, the, the abounding of his abundance, his beauty. Um, these are qualities that when really and clearly understood, don't drive us away from God, but they cause us to run to to, to God as our place of, of help. Oh, they're so attractive. Yes. They yes. attract us to him. I found this verse early in uh, Hosea uh, chapter 11 that I'd never seen before. And here's what it says. It says, Yahweh's children will follow him. And when he roars, they will come trembling. Isn't that great? That's that line. Yes. It might have been where C.S. Lewis got the idea. Yahweh's children will follow him, and when he roars, they will come trembling. Not run away trembling, but they will come. But they will come trembling. So there is this, this balance, if you will, of being drawn to that which we find so wonderful, but there's this impact of trembling that results when we become aware of who it is we're being drawn to. Yes. Um, At the end of the day, I think the fear of the Lord is an awareness, an awareness that God owes me nothing, 
an awareness that I deserve nothing from God, an awareness of what my life now looks like because I have been given God's favor, an awareness of what my life would look like if I had not been given yeah. God's favor. Um, it's, it's what David, I think, grasp in Psalm 51 when he said, when the psalmist says, or David says in this psalm, that he came to God with a heart that was trembling, a heart that was in awe, a heart that was broken, a heart that was contrite, a heart that was amazed that God would love him, that he would forgive him that he would accept him, that he would give him a future that has filled with hope uh, and goodness. Um, yeah, I think I think that that's as best I know how what I wanted us to think about today. Do we have a heart that fears God? Uh, like I said, I pray almost every day. Uh, that that prayer out of Psalm 86, Lord, give me a heart that fears you like David prayed. Um, but it's not just a, a, a fear of the Lord that we uh, experienced when we first became Christians. That I can remember when I was 18 years old and um, laying in my bedroom on the bed and that realization that Jesus uh, loved me, that I needed a Savior, and that he died on the cross for me, and that I was inviting him into my life, and that he was willing to hear me and come and live inside me and give me eternal life. Uh, and I feared him. I, I can remember being in awe, being amazed, being dumbfounded that I could have a relationship with the God of the universe. Sadly, um, that doesn't last. Uh, it's not enough that we experience that fear, um, you know, when we meet God, yeah. when we meet Christ yeah. for the first time. The Bible says in Proverbs 28, you are blessed if you continually tremble before the Lord. Uh, the New Testament counterpart to that is Paul says in Philippians 2, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. It's not enough that we fear the Lord when we first meet him. The, the, the plan of God is that we live our lives with this healthy fear of who God is and what he's doing in our lives. Uh, it's something that we should be developing in, uh, on a continual basis throughout our journey with God. Trembling, uh, what, a, what a great word. Uh, the, I can remember trembling when I held Rainy for the first time in the hospital. I can remember trembling when I married you. Um, I can remember different times when I trembled, not in terror, but in amazement and awe that I was being uh, uh, allowed to experience these things. And that's what the Bible says we should be continuing to do uh, in our journey. We've got trembling at how quickly I can Turn away from the Lord, rebel against the Lord, deny the Lord, uh, trembling at God's patience 
God's forgiveness, God's pursuit, God's love that chases me even when I run away, that that trembling, that fear of the Lord, that fear of Yahweh. I believe that's something that God would have us consider and have us ask for and have us pursue and develop in our journey with him. Well, that's what I want you to think about today. We're going to celebrate the Lord's Supper. And one of the reasons we do this is just to declare our gratitude for what this amazing God has done for us and our desperate need for that life that only he can give us and our just our declaration that we have received it and we're grateful for it and we want more and more of it. So let's eat and drink and remember and give thanks. We bless you today in the name of Jesus for being with us. And we hope that you've enjoyed our study and that you'll think about it this week. Have a great week and remember that the the Lord Jesus loves you and he's committed to you and he's at work in your life. Amen. Amen. What good news. The sun comes up, it's a new day dawning. It's time to sing your song again. Whatever may pass and whatever lies before me, let me be singing when the evening comes. So bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul, worship His holy name. Sing like never before, oh my soul, worship Your holy name. You're rich in love and you're slow to anger. Your name is great and your heart is kind. For all your goodness I will keep on singing. Ten thousand reasons for my heart to find. So bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul, worship His holy name. Sing like never before, oh my soul, worship Your holy And on that day when my strength is failing, the end draws near and my time has come. Still my soul will sing your praise unending. 
10,000 years and then forevermore. So bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul, worship His holy name. Sing like never before, oh my Worship your holy name. So bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul. Worship His holy name. Sing like never before, oh my soul. Worship your holy name. Worship your holy name. Yes, I will worship your holy name. Very nice. Three acoustics all day long and a foot stomper. I think that thing sounded good. Could you hear it? You don't know? <laughs> hey, thanks for joining us again. We're Christ Community Church uh, coming from you at the beach fake beach behind us come back next sunday we'll be here at 10 15 youtube and facebook live and also at the botanic gardens so come join us you have a great week